This is State of Us Election 2020. We're still here. <laughs> Ellen? Against my will. <laughs> you, against, yeah, you can go. You're free to go. <laughs> what are you doing here? That's Carl. not what you say when the cameras aren't on. You go say home. You have to say. Go home, everyone. Let's go. I mean, the whingers that I hear every week saying, there's nothing happening. Well, all of the protesters that I have seen before uh, seem to have extremely expensive phones, tablets, uh, video cameras, and other... Sorry, sorry. It's more like um, a very trendy kind of boutique hotel type place, right? Fuck you, Deputy Stark. Fuck you. There's a very simple false assumption which you're saying that I am a wealthy man. I I wouldn't necessarily assume that if I were you. Ask my bank manager. When it comes to Sinn Féin and the rule Tisha. of law, Tisha. And public order, Deputy and ben condemning ben. violence, it doesn't take very long for your balaclava to slip. Up the Republic, up the rebels, and it's Chucky our law. Control yourself. Control yourself. Yeah, we're still going. We're still wondering... Uh, who is going to leave us? Leave, leave us? Lead us? We, we, we both, also, I guess. Both, I mean, yeah, yeah, who, yeah. yeah, people are leaving us all the time. Uh, uh, in who's going to lead us into this in this brave new world? Um, I suppose when we when we ra- wound up yesterday, we were talking about it moving towards a, a Fianna Fáil Sinn Féin coalition. Um, Alan, the seats have kind of the way things are are, are breaking. It's 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 kind of shifting, you know, a, a little bit away from that, is it? Kind of, but like there's still, from what I can see with how the seats are now today, like Monday afternoon, evening, there's no combination of two that gets you anywhere near. So, I mean, Mary Lou will be like, if someone would answer the fucking phone when she <laughs> rings, she's in contact with Labour, Sock Dems, Greens. But even if you got all of those, plus the independents, plus all the socialists, I'm still not sure that would be enough. So you're looking at a mishmash now where it'd have to be maybe like Fianna Fáil, Sinn Féin and the Greens. But does that, does that, given what we're experiencing, does that fulfil, like the idea that Micheál Martin would be Taoiseach at the end of this. Yeah. Does that fulfil the the desire and the appetite for for change that has been reflected in the vote? Or is it actually maybe the kind of compromise? Because, you know, like Sinn Féin got the the largest first preference preference vote. Uh, They won't get the most number of seats because of the number of candidates they run. But at the same time, in a in a situation like this, they are they are you know one of many parties on about twenty two, twenty three, twenty four percent. I I think Sinn Fein are probably in the strongest position, just given that they can probably feel the most optimistic about another election happening soon. Mm. You know, it's them who probably will feel that if they're to run more candidates, they're going to end up with more seats than they have now. So you'd think that they hold the strongest hand at the minute. So. That could be a major bargaining chip, just to continue the casino betting metaphor that I've started here. Uh, you know, that could be a major thing. If they're in discussions with Fianna Fáil, maybe you're in a situation where, you know, if they say, if you don't give us Taoiseach, Ministry for Housing, Minister for uh, Finance, we're not going to go into government with you. We're going to pull the rug out from under it. We're all going to go to the polls again. And they could possibly be, you know... The, if Eamon Ryan is a man who obviously wants a stable government, so if he's looking at this and he's thinking that, you know, he we, he can do the math as well as anyone else, that if there's another election, Sinn Féin are probably going to hit around 55. And he could be thinking that the Greens want 
to be on their side more than they want to be on Fianna Fáil's side. So he could refuse to go into government with Fianna Fáil on that basis as well. You know, kind of pegging what he his goals to Sinn Féin's goals. So I think as far as things go now, uh, Sinn Féin are sitting pretty, they're sitting pretty. And uh, I don't think Michal Martin has many bullets in the chamber as far as making himself Taoiseach. But does that, uh, like, I don't know what... Um that sort of presupposes that Sinn Féin want to have, you know, want to go into power with Fianna Fáil. Like, like you know, even if they get those ministries, is that, is that, is that the party they want to go into, into power with, having seen what happens to all, even though they're, they're on similar sides, mm-hmm. you know, just this idea that what happens when you go in with a traditionally bigger party. Well, they've, always, they've, is, they've always maintained that they're ready to talk to anyone. Yeah, but there is, you know, but the people Mary Lou is talking to is whether, whether it's lip service or not, yeah. she is, you know, very ostentatiously making contact with all the, the parties of the left. The progressive ones first, yeah. yeah. Well, like, nobody gets... Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael voters have had the governments that they've wanted on and off since the foundation of the state. Now it's everybody's turn to be miserable and have a government that they don't want, including Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael voters. Um, and I think Bertie Hearn was making the point that, like, it's only the day after... the It's the first day after the count. And in other... Uh, in other elections when there was really weird results the obvious result was not obvious for a long time like it will take a while during the week for things to emer- a narrative to emerge like you could even see today in the RDS when Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael candidates were getting elected even senior people like Richard Bruton and Pascal Donoghue they weren't saying much because I don't think the parties themselves know hmm. what's going to happen so it's it's like it's basically all guesswork at the moment um, and where does it uh, like you know where does it leave Fianna Fáil because you know there's there's a number like you know as we're recording Brendan Smith has said that he's, he's emphatically Jack Horgan Jones tweeted he's emphatically rejected the idea of going into coalition with Sinn Fein um, and you know said that there isn't you know there's nothing uh, there's nothing <coughs> that uh, he, he said a suggestion that Michal Martin has softened his approach. Uh, to going in with Sinn Féin is news to me. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, Brendan should read a paper, yeah. listen to the comments. Like, the, that was a spin from Fianna Fáil this morning as well, that that was totally overblown. It obviously wasn't. Yeah. And you could hear people like Robert Troy saying it as well. Like, Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael um, are stunned by the Sinn Féin result, but they should also be paying attention to how poorly they've done in terms of transfers. Mm. Like, I saw someone kind of making the point earlier on that the whole vote left, transfer left thing happened organically and basically brought back people like Joan Collins, Gino Kenny had conceded, Holly Cairns, who's now I think the only female TD in Tipperary, in Cork, sorry, um, beat uh, Tim Lombard from a long way off, basically on transfers. Mm. So uh, it's not just Sinn Féin voters who hate Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael. It seems like the transfers were really, really weak from people who were voting for a lot of the other parties as well. Um You've basically had transfers from Sinn Féin helping socialists, from Social Democrats helping Labour, helping Greens. So they need to realise that this is probably not a flash in the pan and it's not going to fade away as soon as the uh, shine goes off Sinn Féin. Um, so if they want to be, if they want to be in government, they need to be talking to Sinn Féin. But, now. It, but do they? Like because Fine Gael, uh, I think we talked about this last night. I can't remember. Um, <laughs> I've blacked it out as yeah, well. Yeah. Yeah. Fine Gael, like clearly, are looking at it, going, 
this is this is everyone else's mess now. Um, yeah, yeah. I think someone was even making the point that like Leo Varadkar looked like relieved, like right. he's he is a man unburdened, and he knows he's going to be like at the other side of the chamber, just sending barbs at. Taoiseach, Michal Martin and Tawnish and Mary Lou MacDonald for the next few years. But are Fianna Fáil not also now thinking that as well? Because like we've seen Jim O'Callaghan today, Barry Cowan has said this, that, you know, uh, I don't believe 22% of the vote is a vote of confidence in our ability to govern uh, and said that, you know, it's up to is her and the left-leaning parties talking about Mary Lou should get together, form a government, find a 22 billion and off they go. It's kind of like you know yeah. you've, you've made you've made your prom- made the promises now go go and do it. And well, that's Jim McCallan had a great quote this morning that said that he won't go into government with Sinn Fein. Uh, Fianna Fáil might go into government with Sinn Fein, and he won't leave Fianna Fáil. So that's some kind of weird. I don't know how he see, how he sees that working, but yeah, there's clearly resistance in Fianna Fáil's party base to going into government with Sinn Fein. So like, I think uh, maybe they're relishing the, fr- but they've been in opposition. I mean, they have considered themselves opposition while propping up the Fine Gael government. Yeah, so I don't I, really yeah. know if they'll feel so unburdened. They're, they're already haven't been in government for nine but years. But like we so. see, everyone frames it in Fianna Fáil terms about, you know, last yesterday the conversation was, you know, Micheál Martin doesn't want to be the only Fianna Fáil leader who's never been Taoiseach. Well, like, that's bad news for Micheál Martin, but like for the rest of Fianna Fáil, it's not, you know, it's not like, if you're a Fianna Fáil, if you're Jim O'Callaghan or somebody, especially, you know, the rare Fianna Fáil TD in a Dublin constituency or in a, especially a South Dublin constituency where you may have been asked on the doorstep are you do, you do you promise you're not going to go into government with Sinn Féin because there was you know there, still, there was a 36% of people who don't, didn't want Sinn Féin in government and they were probably in places like that this, the Dublin Rat Down the five where were the five candidate, Sinn Féin candidates who didn't get elected yeah, yeah. Dublin Rat Down Dunleary those places so if you're a Fianna Fáil candidate or you know who's answered that question on the doorstep you don't care you're thinking about your own seat and what you know those voters are going to say. That you don't care that Mihal Martin is never going to get to, get to be teacher. That's Mihal Martin's problem. It's nobody else's problem. Yeah, like I know that you know Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael voters are very afraid of Sinn Féin, but like Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael voters hate each other as well. And we had all this civil war shite around the time of conference and supply about how it was mm. so inconceivable that the two parties could work together and they'd have to hand over the name of who assassinated Michael Collins and all this <laughs> absolute shit and conference and supply which everyone said wouldn't work wouldn't last a wet week basically had a stable government for like three and a half years throughout everything that happened with Brexit so things change based on necessity and yeah it might not be this week it might be in 70 days time when we need a government formed quickly for the sake of like stability or getting a trade negotiation done for Brexit but things will change like Sinn Féin will start to look more and more well more and more possible um, as time goes on Could there be a, a kind of minority left government do you think? No No That wouldn't work Why? 
I mean, I just think at that point you're really scrambling to get the numbers together. You know, it's very fractured. While the the vote left transfer left uh, mechanism does seem to have produced uh, a lot of successes, I think it's a big ask for that to transfer into actually like governing a country. You know, I think that kind of system has been handy enough for rescuing people like Gino Kenny or Joan Collins. But I think it's a much bigger ask for them to actually meld together a, a, a program from Sinn Féin's manifesto, from Sockdown's manifesto, from PBP and from Greens and to actually put that together with maybe the 81, 82 seats they'll have. But so what, but what, but what is the solution then? Like what is the, the if, if you are on the kind of vote left, transfer left side of, of the argument, what is the best case scenario? The one that you've got now, <laughs> like Sinn Féin oh, yeah. did really well and like the political conversation has changed. Like the but other you, thing but that you gets... you want Fianna Fáil, like, you know, so you're saying that for, for that, even with that, you still want Fianna Fáil to come in into that government and give it a kind of a bit of heft. No, I just think, you know, it's the best case scenario because at the end of the day, if you're a PBP voter, you know that there's no there's no ending better than 60 D's or 70 D's. The same if you're a SOC Dems, you know, they're going to push seven or eight. Labour are going to get even less. So you're talking about a real, like a best case scenario, obviously, if you want to talk about a best case scenario, mm. is that, you know, Conor Reddy got in instead of Paul McAuliffe, et cetera, et cetera. But that's not happening. Uh, the Ruth Coppinger would have kept her seat. But they haven't managed to do that. So it's not about a best case scenario. Now, the best case scenario now, after all is said and done, and everything is not quite said and done yet, but with the current results we're seeing, the best case scenario is what they have now. And that is still probably not enough um, for them to have a, a, a left program that governs the country. Unless it's a left program, so I mean, so unless it's a left program that you actually uh, insist on, Shin, or on, on Fianna Fáil implementing. Well, Fianna Fáil would claim that they're more centre-left than Fine Gael, in a sense, but also like... I just don't think, I don't even know if Sinn Féin would have the balls hmm. to do that, to derive from their result that all of the people, uh, the 25% of the electorate who gave a first preference to Sinn Féin necessarily want wanted them to go in with a load of left-wing parties. Like there's a big difference between giving your first preference to um, Mary Lou and giving your first preference to maybe like somebody like Eilish Ryan or any of the PVP solidarity candidates who were in Dublin Central who didn't get in. Um, I don't know if Sinn Féin would want to do that. Well, also we're into this situation now. We're also trying to uh, read the um, the intentions of the electorate. And there was that extraordinary, uh, um, extraordinary uh, finding from the exit poll where more Sinn Féin voters and Fine Gael voters want tax cuts in from the from their party and, and want. And fewer Sinn Féin voters want money spent on than any other party want <coughs> money spent on public services. So it's like this okay. is what scares me. This so is yeah, what, this is you, when like, I start the, the manifesto is the there. Read yeah, like yeah. you know, there's yeah. a lot of money being spent. Yeah, like you know, there's a lot of money being spent in that manifesto. And if you voted for thinking you actually don't want money spent on public services, like what else? Maybe it is. What else is it about Sinn Féin? Maybe it is this the command like, you blackened hands. Maybe that's no, what's no, 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 no. Like the new division is there's. There's stuff in the exit poll that shows a new division in Irish politics. People who vote Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael are still voting based on the candidate, like the person that they mm. know who's represented their constituency, blah, blah, blah. 
with Sinn Féin and the Greens, they're not voting on the candidate at all. They're voting on the party. And I don't think that's down to like the nitty gritty detail of manifestos. Like there was a taxi driver dropping me to the RDS on Sunday who said that his family were like genetically Fianna Fáil and that he had voted Sinn Féin for the first time. And I asked him like which constituency, like who did you mm. vote for? And he couldn't tell me the name of the Sinn Féin candidate that he'd given his first preference to. But, so but, just, but, they're, but yeah, but that, that I, so we saw that and we thought, okay, that's, they, they've, they've grasped that means the Sinn Féin policies are what appeals no, to No, no, no. He just said he wanted change. Okay. Like, if I'd asked him, I doubt he would have been able to go through, like, all of the detail. Like, I haven't mm. heard any normal people, as in people who aren't political journalists and haven't been locked in the RDS for 48 hours, really talking in detail about things like the property tax. The only mm. policy I've heard normal people bring up organically from Sinn Féin is the rent freeze. Yeah. yeah. So you think that's it? You don't think there's... Uh, you don't think there's anything underlying it. Like, there's no reason why Sinn Féin have, have managed to harvest all these kind of left votes and the other parties are, are, are getting them well, by, th- by kind of default. There. I think so much of it was self-sabotaged by Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael. Mm-hmm. You know, we've talked about it multiple times in this podcast and I think it has to be accepted now that a lot of Sinn Féin were helped greatly by the idea, and you said this as early back as the first week, they're helped greatly by the persecution complex that they're disliked by the establishment. Mm-hmm. So everybody who wants to break free from the establishment knows exactly where to go, to go to Sinn Féin. Um, whether or not they're, you know, sweeping in on leftist policies is a lot more up in the air because at the end of the day Sinn Féin are not as far left as as parties like PBP and Solidarity and they're doing pretty much you know staying level at where they'd been before so it's not a case of like I said before it's not a case of a far left surge it's very specifically a Sinn Féin surge Um, so I think that has a lot more to do with the atmosphere that Sinn Féin have created it has plenty to do with the rent freeze and probably a decent amount to do with the amount of houses that they're proposing to build and also just sounding like they know what they're talking about on housing but I think more than that it is just to do with the fact that they are seen now as the opposite of what we've had Do you think there's also when you talk about difficulty of like the left coalition making the numbers is there also that sense of the left you know you look at the fracture that there is Mm. on the left already that the idea that you can get them all to agree on something like you talked to Ruth Coppinger yesterday yeah, yeah. in an interview that we were just about to put out and then she lost her seat yeah like she uh, you know, so it never saw the light of day like Ruth Coppinger uh, who obviously now has lost her seat yeah. but she does still reflect the views of PBP because mm. we've heard the exact same thing from Paul Murphy and Richard Boyd Barrett is that they are their main concern now has been to essentially put the pressure on Sinn Féin not to do a deal with Fianna Fáil uh, Ruth Coppinger was very clear. She called out uh, Sinn Féin for supporting the bank bailout. Yeah. She did all that kind of thing. So PBP have no great love for Sinn Féin. That's very clear. But um, is that something that if you're Sinn Féin, you're anticipating now, if when you're, uh, this is where, you know, whatever about Fine Gael and Leo Radker sniping at you, which you can probably handle, uh, because you'd be able to blame him for mm. things for, for a few years anyway. Like the, the threat to, you, you know, if you hear Ruth Coppinger saying that, that's where you think the threat is going to come if you go into government with Fianna Fáil, that you're going to be criticised by the left or by the further left for not actually, you know, you're the part, you support, you know, there's a starting point. You supported the bailout and now look what you're doing. You're, whatever whatever economic policies they're uh, instigating or failing to instigate will be just more sort of grist to that mill. Yeah. You think... Yeah, okay. I mean, I, yeah, Everyone no, I think that is, that is, that is, yeah, that, okay. I mean, that, that's completely good. valid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've yeah. got better at just, you know, adding questions <laughs> yeah, on yeah, to my yeah, statements, yeah, but yeah. that time I just yeah. made You don't statement. even need us anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you can go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I want to ask you about the, uh, the vote left, transfer left, uh, 
policy because we talked about this uh, again. I think we talked about it anyway. Uh, certainly talked about it at some stage, either on air or off air, about this idea that we were in a kind of echo chamber when you saw the surge, you know, the surge, saw the surge, and even that could be explained away in the polls because young people responding to polls are more likely to be kind of progressive or of the left and various things like that. And then you see these things like vote left, transfer left, and they pick up on Twitter, which nor- no normal people are actually on, yes. <laughs> you know. So you're wondering, is this actually then going to be reflected in the, in the in the election? And it was. So how, how was that something that? How did that penetrate? How did that make the leap from like the the, the Twitter bubble that we, we inhabit to the to the real world? Um, influencers were radicalized. And it made it onto Instagram, which is where uh, normal Huns live okay. and normal people. Like I saw it loads and I saw a lot as well, like um, Fanula Jones talking a lot about voting for the least vulnerable person you know, which is basically like a left wing agenda in disguise. Right. <laughs> like yeah. nobody's going to look at that and be like, OK, yeah. in you go, Fianna Fáil. Like Fanula like, Jones, you're basically taking the Love Island demographic and yeah. being like radicalised. Yeah, yeah. Um, I saw it a lot on Instagram and I saw like a lot of people asking for the first time for advice on who they were going to vote for. And mm. like that, um, Instagram had that like vote sticker mm. on it on a election day where you would put it on your story and then this vote thing would add it to its story. When I was clicking through first, it was all like vote left, transfer left, yeah. vote mm. left, transfer left the whole way through. The occasional like selfie of Simon Harris making soup or like hugging mm. a dog or whatever the fuck he does. <laughs> and then vote left, transfer left, vote left, transfer left. Like it was, it was everywhere. Um, and it reached people who probably weren't engaging with like normal mainstream political right. media at all. I think that vote tag probably did some serious influencing because it was up from, I think, maybe midday the day before. Yeah. You know, so I think Instagram mm. probably have a lot to answer for as far as the results of the election go. Nobody um, tell Peter Fuller Fine Gael about that. Right. Yeah. Although I, yeah, I yeah, tried yeah. to think how they would approach yeah. Instagram. Oh, no, let's we, we've seen we have you know we've seen Fine Gael's attempt exactly at, at, yeah at, at like an at viral video, so. yeah. Yeah, yeah they got a lot of credit from people claiming they were making boomer memes as in like deliberately yeah, yeah. making them bad but mm-hmm. they were just like I, that was no their you, you can only <laughs> yes. even that idea makes me sorry it makes yeah, me yeah, yeah no you have to have some evidence that they're not ju- that they're not yeah, just yeah. bad at things before you can yeah. claim that they're <laughs> doing it deliberately I suspect just going by his own personal Twitter feed I suspect that Noel Rock had a lot to do with that and now Noel Rock has lost a seat maybe they'll get better at memes now that Noel Rock is gone maybe maybe there's a, a meme lord in waiting in, in Fine Gael somewhere you know maybe Charlie Fanningham has a knack for it that's what they go away get out of power for a while and just yeah, yeah. Improve, some, you know, get it better. Have a normal get it, job, become memes. more empathetic yeah, yeah. and get better. Spend at memes. some time yeah. on Ireland Simpsons fans, <laughs> and then you know. Um, so before we go, uh, you were saying this is going to take. You think this is going to take weeks and weeks of. I don't know. Days there at one point. Like last, (laughs) like last time. I think that's what it took last time. I can't remember. I don't know. I can't remember if things I read yesterday were about this election Mm, or the last one or mm. how long today has been or when I first came into the studio what day was it Hmm. Um, it could take like it's going to take the week for even the first narrative to emerge before you even like get into red lines I'm pretty convinced there's the one solid thing that's going to come out of this is a rent freeze but is there is there a chance like there is talk within Fianna Fáil there is kind of you know 
talk about Michal Martin, you know, he hasn't done it, he hasn't, mm. you know, the things we've talked about that they didn't really stand for anything. Leo Varadkar's leadership is being questioned too. Like, are they the things that are going to happen before? No. No. No, they couldn't. Like, it would just be too, it, there's enough chaos yeah. for, okay. for one February. Right. So they won't, like, throw that into it as well. But, I mean, there's no kind of, I don't know if the if the heaves will be that quick or ruthless either. Mm. They're all like they're all a bit shook from yeah. what's happened. So maybe throwing a leadership contest into it is too much for some of them. You'll have to see. Like it depends on who ends up in the back benches, like who hasn't lost their seats and what kind of axes they have to grind. I, if I was in Fianna Fáil, I'd say a lot because the strategy was not good. What was the strategy? Fuck knows, like based yeah. on how people were doing, like there was Stand a lot of like crazy, yeah. crazy decisions made. Um, and I think that their Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael are lucky that Sinn Féin did so well because it hasn't been like the main thing that political journalists are interested in. But in the coming days, like I said, there's a lot of angry people in both those parties. But do you think the Sinn Féin campaign was good of itself or was no. it something that just it just managed to be by default better than Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael? No. Like Sinn Féin didn't do anything radically different mm to what they've been doing in opposition since 2016. Like, I feel like the turning point was really when that first uh, poll came out. <coughs> you know, like, nobody was really talking about what we've ended up with. Nobody was forecasting this. And I know there's people out there who complain when we say nobody saw it coming. But the fact is that nobody did predict <laughs> 37 seats for Sinn Féin. Yeah. Nobody did. Nobody on, no political opponents and nobody on the doors thought that this was going to happen. Um, the, even the early polls where Sinn Féin were performing really well didn't reflect that. Um, so this was a surprise. And it was a surprise precisely because, as Alan says, like Sinn Féin weren't doing anything particularly different. It was very, very clear from the number of candidates they chose that they mm. didn't see it coming. You know, they ran 50 last time, 42 this time. The didn't expect to be where they are now. So certainly not. They didn't have a, a particularly revolutionary or special campaign. Um, okay, guys, you are free to go. <laughs> For now. <laughs> For now. But no, you can go. We will be back uh, some stage soon, but not not immediately. So uh, <laughs> Ellen and Carl can leave the building. Um, before we go, don't forget to subscribe on all the usual channels. And if you like the show, please leave a review. See you soon. I mean, the whingers that I hear every week saying there's nothing happening. Well, all of the protesters that I have seen before uh, seem to have extremely expensive phones, tablets, uh, video cameras and other... Sorry, sorry. It's more like um, a very trendy kind of boutique hotel type place, right? Fuck you, Deputy Stark. Fuck you. There's a very simple false assumption which you're saying that I am a wealthy man. I wouldn't be... I wouldn't necessarily assume that if I were you. Ask my bank manager. When it comes to Sinn Féin and the rule of law and public order and condemning violence, it doesn't take very long for your balaclava to slip. Up the Republic! Up the Republic!